is, is there a LucasArts? Uh, yeah, there, there is. There we go. It takes there just that extra go. second for you to catch in, doesn't it? It's just like turning down the music, like, oh, 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 give me one sec. Uh. Just, just, one, just one moment, please. So how you been, mon frere? How you been? Uh, yeah, I've been pretty good. How about you? Uh, I, I can't complain. I've had a bit of a mare today. Oh, my God. I can tell Lucas had a rough day because he's drinking like four litres of vodka. Hell, yeah. Definitely not just some squash. That's the one. But I've had a, <laughs> I've had a rough day because I had to pay the company taxes today. Oh, uh, right. We try to get a head up. We try to get a jump on next year. So I had to pay 10 grand in taxes. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. It's really annoying, though, how quickly it goes out of your account. Mm. Do you know, like, you know, normally when you pay, you can do contactless and it goes boop and straight out. Because I've already paid my taxes before, I just pressed the button and he went, are you sure? And I went, yes. Didn't even ask for any extra comments. Boodoo! Just all out straight away. <laughs> the government just hoovering that money out. It's insane. But uh, yeah, welcome to episode 89. 89, yeah. But we're not sure if it is because we've had like a couple of bonus episodes and then we missed an episode. So it might not even be 89. This might be episode 306. We don't know. Yeah, like, that's the thing. We could be working on episode 900. We don't know, Carl. We don't know, do we? We could be in, like, 2034, in, like, the, the ashy remnants of society. And at some point, we'll just get to, like, episode 131 and go, episodes don't matter anymore. Yeah, There's we no don't numbers. Know. They don't exist. Well, that's what happens, isn't it, when it comes to um, podcasts, like, any content, really, where if it goes on long enough, eventually you just stop having numbers. Just look at movies. Yeah. Look at the mm. Saw movies. Like, Saw, the final chapter. Yeah. You might as well just say Saw, we're embarrassed we made this many. Saw the final chapter, followed by Spiral. It's like, hang on, wait, no. I think final chapter was also followed by another Saw movie, I can't remember. Or it might be followed by like a comic book or something like that. But mm. yeah, uh, welcome to episode 89 of the podcast, I think. Uh, as always, enjoy my Lucas. Say hello, Lucas. Hi. And then um, cheers to everyone who's currently watching live on Twitch. Uh, we'll try yeah. and refer to chat as and when we can. And if anyone wants to watch Lucas's side of it, for whatever reason, you can use exclamation point Lucas to um, find Lucas's half of the stream. Because I to see the remembered... exact same stream, but with a different layout. Because that's yeah. how, how we do it. Because I remembered that and went, oh, because you had that two week off, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And taking time off is just a big no-no um, if you're a content creator online. Yeah, so like I'm, o- I'm only a-, a small streamer and... Um... I think my subs went from like 60 something down to like 20. And that's just the nature I, of being a Again, writer. it's one of those things of like, I, I get it, that's the game, but uh, yeah, that was just, fuck you, you had emergency surgery that you didn't foresee come in. Uh, all your subscribers have left you. It's like, oh, right. It's just that extra level of kicking someone in the balls, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. like you get out, it's, it's like you get out of the hospital. And then they just kick you in the pot. It must be what it's like to like be American, get out of the hospital, and then just as <laughs> that extra kick while you're down. Like you're literally down on the floor, you need help. Like, Ugh, stick that boot in. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Of like, at least I'm just getting an email from Twitch saying all your analytics are fucked up. Not a medical bill sent to me that's going to bankrupt me and make me lose all my possessions. So yeah, it reminds me of Could potentially, uh, potentially the greatest like just one liner in a TV show for, in Black Adder. And it's just, he's having the worst day of his life. It's like, are you, are you okay, Blackadder? He goes, no, I'm not all right. I feel like I've just been shot by an arrow with a gas bill at the end of it. <laughs> it's just that extra step of fuck you. Oh, but um, yeah, like other than that, are you, like, you, you recuperating well? You're doing well? Is that snake bite? Is it worn off? Uh, yeah, they keep checking, you know, the wound to make sure that it, the, the poison's coming out and it seems to be healing up nicely, so. Oh man, that reminds me a little bit of like just you know, referencing old stuff that's not funny 
um, mm. you know, as if we're talking about ourselves. Um, for some reason, <laughs> I just remembered that joke in The Expendables where they put Chuck Norris in it. Do you remember that one? Do you remember the one where Chuck Norris is in The Expendables and they make a Chuck Norris joke? Do they? Like, I, yeah. I didn't watch The Expendables. I watched The Expendables 1 on, like, a streaming service, Netflix, whatever, like that. Mm-hmm. Got about half an hour in when this is just shocking. They are terrible. Uh, because Expendables 1, they made it quite violent because a lot of the people in it, you know, were in violent 80s action movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the second and third one they made in 12A and then started adding, like, new Expendables in it. Yes. Like, ostensibly. Um, so, you know, to continue on the brand. It's like, these are the new heroes. These are the new action stars. Um, starting with, like, you know, Jason Statham, who's 40 years old. Yeah. So, yeah. And they That's have, the like, thing. A... It's like, like, it even... was just a bunch of middle-aged to old men all still being made out to be, like, the most impressive action stars of all time. And it's like, and then when they try and bring in the younger generation, they're all either MMA stars or just complete voids of charisma. Or in the case of Ronda Rousey, both. <laughs> where she's in that movie and her line reads are terrible. They have a Chuck Norris joke in that where every time they need help, Chuck Norris comes in. And they have, uh... like, this um, like John Wayne-esque uh, musical sting. Mm-hmm. Do you know, like the wow, 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 have like that in the background, and then they say, "I heard you got bitten by a rattlesnake." And Chuck Norris just says, "Yeah," uh, but after three agonizing days, the snake finally died. And it's obviously a Chuck Norris joke, but his delivery yeah. is so bad that he ruins the joke. Oh, and it's God. like you can tell why he's not in movies anymore. Mm-hmm. This is why he's not in movies anymore because his delivery is fucking awful. And this, this just—I've—I've I've got to ask: Do you know? Where the musical sting for like the classic western, like the do 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 do. I would have guessed good, bad, and the ugly. I would have guessed good, bad, and the ugly. That's what I was. That's that's what I'm assuming in my head, but I didn't know if like that's actually where it is originating from, and that was an original like little stinger or whether it might be, or it could be one of those things. It's like the uh, the Wilhelm scream, where yes. it's like an old old sound effect that keeps getting reused. Mm-hmm. Um, if people don't know the Wilhelm scream is the one that you always hear in Star Wars. Like the, and ah! everything. And the reason I love the Wilhelm scream is because it's from a stock archive that's like over 100 years old now. And the original noise file is called Man Being Eaten by a Crocodile. Okay. Uh, yeah, so my chat is confirming it. it's good, the bad, and the ugly. Like, it's the yeah. theme to that. So, so you just double check. It could have been something, um, uh, like, you know, an earlier date, but good, bad, and the ugly popularized it. But Yeah, yeah exactly, re- yeah. I hate the Wilhelm scream. I don't know about you. Like, every time I hear it, I roll my eyes. Um, I liked it in Star Wars. I... Because like, it's a running gag in Star because Wars. Because it's a running gag in Star Wars. And, I, like, I don't mind the one series having, like, the in-jokes. And, so like, there are some in-jokes in Star Wars that I'm getting really tired of, like, everybody being like, oh, I have a bad feeling about this one. And it's I, like, I have a bad feeling about this. All thing. right. Like, it's endearing when C-3PO says it. Just leave it alone. But, um, yeah, the Wilhelm scream I don't mind in Star Wars. But when you hear it, it's just everything. is like, come on. It's because they want to be in on the joke too. And mm. nobody wants to be the last movie. To, oh, that's the thing. I reckon every movie wants to be the last movie that uses it. <laughs> so that they can be on the Wikipedia page. The They're last not movie. Stop making stuff. Exactly. Wars, it's like um, uh, the the record for most car crashes um, in a movie. It, it was held for many years by the Blues Brothers. Have you seen the Blues Brothers? Uh, like, yes. But I haven't sat down and properly watched it. I've watched it with on in the background in like okay, while yeah. we've had people around and stuff. Yeah. 
I was just like checking. It out. So you've seen like you know the final chase scene where they just have a scene where it's like, oh, here's an intersection, and we just keep crashing cop cars into it for ten mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah, like, it's it's so absurd that they do that, and for many years <laughs> that held the record, and it pisses me off that the current record holder is now GI Joe: Rise of Cobra. I think they had. Some... I was assuming it was just a Fast and Furious movie. It might be now, but they don't often destroy cars in those movies. Remember. Oh, okay. They show them off to be like... Yeah, they show off the cars, don't they? And a lot of the manufacturers don't like them destroying their cars. But yeah, it was taken over by G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra. And I don't like that because that's such a forgettable movie. Whereas Blues Brothers, it's cool that Blues Brothers has that record in addition to being just a really good movie with a fantastic soundtrack and cast. And uh, it's really weird to me that like you can make something as stupid as a G.I. Joe movie forgettable. Yeah. It's just explosions all the way through, and I was still bored of it. It's the same with Michael Bay Transformers. It's like, how did you take such a dumb, stupid, campy thing and make it boring? Well, they're making that new Snake Eyes movie out there. That mm. I've not seen anything about that. And the first thing I saw is as a poster when it went past on a bus today, and the poster has Snake Eyes on it. He's got his mask off. And the only thing I know about Snake Eyes is that the character never takes his mask off. That's the literal only thing that you know about the character. And it's like the trailer's just got him with it off. The second most anticipated movie of 2021 behind Mobius. That Mobius movie, that's never coming out. <laughs> but I think, like, so, um, Blues Brothers is one of those movies where I, whenever like, you're at an event, or not an event, but, like, you've got people around, it's like, should we put a movie on? I always say Blues Brothers. Oh, really? People don't remember how good that movie is. And I watched mm. it with my girlfriend a couple of months ago. And she's like, I've never seen Blues Brothers. What's it about? I'm like, well, it's about some brothers who play blues. And she's like, okay. And we're watching it. And he's like, that's Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. John Belushi, and then the, the cast list starts coming up on screen, mm. and it has like Cab Calloway, which is like Cab Calloway's in this, like, yeah, yeah, but Stevie Wonder's in this movie, it's like, oh yeah, Stevie Wonder's like Aretha Franklin's in this movie, it's like yeah, she's just in the movie, it's fucking great, she's just like, wait, where are they in the movie? Why are they in this movie? It's a blues movie, it's about blues. God, I like, I'm pretty sure it was Blues Brothers that. I performed when I was about, like, 13. I think every kid in school who was in, like, drama did either Blues Brothers, Grease, or Oliver. I think I've been in all three of those. You've been in all three? <laughs> I think so. What's the one? What's your favourite musical, then? Because that's what... Blues Brothers is a musical where they have car crashes in it, making it, like, by default, one of the best um, uh, um, uh, like musicals. Believe it or not, as somebody who... Um, you know, spent a lot of time doing, like, youth theatre and acting and studying theatre and stuff. I really don't like musicals very much. Do you not like musicals? Not is particularly. Like, is that because um, James Corden's in them all now? Oh, well, that doesn't help, does it? Do you see Fucking he was no. trending this morning because there's a Cinderella movie been announced and it's a musical and he's in it? The only time I want to see James Corden trending is because everyone's realised he's a cunt. Yeah. Like, to be honest, <laughs> I fucking despise him. He's an awful, awful player. There's a reason he's not in stuff in the UK anymore. Like He's not on panel shows over here anymore because everyone hates him. Ah, uh, okay. That's one of the reasons he went over to America, because no one in the UK wants to work with him. Yeah. Like, right. He's basically burned every single bridge. And you get that fantastic moment, I think it's Jimmy Kimmel, where they're playing like a question-answer game. Hmm. And Jimmy Kimmel just looks at him and goes, um, well, we're in your studio, James. Name one member of the crew. And James Corden can't name a single member of the crew. <laughs> And he's like, that sums it up, doesn't it? The people who do his fucking yeah. makeup every single day. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and uh, <sighs> someone in my chat mentioned, like, Bugsy Malone. That was another one that, yeah, I think we all did. Bugsy I love Malone. That. that film's so good. 
like I love the gimmick that it's all kids. Yeah, and I remember I was like a couple of background characters in Bugsy Malone and like the first scene where someone gets just like a pie straight to the face, that was me just Yeah. At, at like moment one of the entire show is just me, like fourteen year old, just getting pie to the face. I was like, Great. Yes. So if you know what Bugsy Malone is, it is a musical like, it's a gangster musical, but all the parts are played by children. Yeah. And because it's all got kids, they have, like, instead of having cars in car chases, they have, like, little bicycles in them. Like the Ant Hill mob from Wacky Racers. And they have, like, f- guns that fire foam instead of guns. Yeah. And they it, throw pies in people's faces. It's very much like Blues Brothers meets, like, Little Rascals. It's, it's just one of those things where you can only ever... It, it's a movie they could never make again mm-hmm. or they could never try and make another one of or recapture the magic it's like um, uh, what movie I'm thinking of now there's another specific movie they could never make another one it, it just captures damn it oh it was in my oh. head then as well I hate when that happens yeah but it's, it's one of those things you could never make it again because just the energy and just it's so quaint mm. I, I, I adore musicals oh fair like, I, I, I adore Maybe just like Disney musicals, but that's because... Well, that's the old Disney movies by default. Exactly. exactly. Um, so I, I like them in that sense, but I think it's a lot of the time just the weird disconnect when it's musicals of like very serious topics that then go into song and dance. I get a bit thrown off by the whole thing. But you like Disney movies? B- because it's Disney. There's just something about them, isn't there? Like There's just something that's... They've nailed me down from a two-year-old and been like, you will fucking enjoy Disney movies. That's fair, yeah, but like I'm just a, a big fan of them because just every now and again, just I'll just look up the soundtracks. Mm. You're talking to someone here, right? Who just got into Glee because oh, I fair. like this. I like the songs. Yeah, and I still have like Glee songs in my um, uh, Spotify playlist, <laughs> like mixed in there, like Children of Bodom and Dragon Force and stuff like that. And just every now and again, I'll just get um, uh, like not the boy next door anymore. I'm like, yeah, let's go, baby. Super God. good. I still remember just not enjoying Glee and then having to do Don't Stop Believing, but I had to learn, like, the Glee version of it because it was a bit easier. Yeah. So I was, like, just listening to that song on loop and loop for, like, a good couple of weeks to learn the part for it. Glee's, like, a really good show to watch just again because, Mm. like, three members of the principal cast are, like, in prison. What? Like Joe, the guy with the um, the the mohawk, right? Yeah, like he's in prison for um, uh, like abusing children or something like that. And then the main guy, Finn, I think he like died. Oh God! Like some people died, and then a bunch of people got like put in prison. Like one person drowned. It's like a cursed show. Bloody hell! Because I would think my girlfriend was watching some old episodes of it, and I was watching it, and and she's like, "You know he's dead." Went, what? He looks like. 20 in this how is he mm. dead and look you went, oh my god he's dead bloody hell it's like a first season of power rangers like everyone's dead what like all the people except for like tommy and billy and kimberly Do you like the original yellow ranger like she died oh shit yeah like uh finny tram and it's like oh god damn it yeah like that's the thing isn't it it's just one of those things of like obviously uh, unfortunately, you don't need to be an old person to pass away or anything. And, like, you just watch shows like that where the cast is a bunch of younger people and go, ah, oh, I assume that, they're all still alive. Like, But then you have the opposite, though, when you watch a show and then you think, that guy, there's no way that guy's still alive. 
Mm. So that happened to me when I was watching um, Only Fools and Horses. Oh, right. Yeah. And I'm like, David Jason, who plays that, it's like, he's still alive. He's like 85 years old. Oh, my God. And it's just when you look at it and go, holy shit, that guy's still going. Mm. And like, what's the last time you've had something like that where you've just gone, I wonder, like, you've just Googled an actor's name? Um, I, I, I almost do it, like, religiously when I watch a movie or something. Just so when um, you recognize, like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. And then I'll, like, look up what else they've been in and stuff. And Cade's gone mental. Oh, he is. Yeah, he's joining in, too. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, pretty much every time I sit down and watch a movie, I'll go, ooh, I recognize that one person. Like, what, what okay. other things were they in? What do I recognize them from? Um, and is the one you've done that recently been surprised by, like, their IMDb page or anything like that? And you've got, um, like, the IMDb page, like, deep dive to see, like, what have they been in? There's been what quite else a lot done? lately that I've been surprised they haven't been in more. Like, we were watching, um, I mentioned that we were watching Glow. Okay. And I was really surprised that, like, most of those actresses, I've not seen them in anything else. Like, I know um, the actress that played Knives Chow from Scott Pilgrim. Like, she's in it. Uh, she's she's one of the, the wrestlers in it, yeah. Um, but for the, like, Alison Brie as well, I recognised her from, like, Community... But um, for the most part, yeah, a lot of them, I was like, oh, these these seem like they'd be in other things, and they just weren't really. It's, they're all really good actresses, and like, why have they mm-hmm. not been in more stuff? And then there's like the same time you have actors and actresses who are in everything. Like you have your James Cordens, yeah. who are in everything despite not being very good. Mm-hmm. And then you and just, I- every time I watch that just black hole of a void of personality in something, I'm like, how is this person popular? Like, you guess he was a little bit endearing in Gavin and Stacey, but I just don't know how we got to that level. And it's more as well, I don't get how he keeps getting big roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never heard anything positive about him. And then, and he, every like, time even, for example, with Cats, where he's sitting there shitting on it and the cast, and it's like, how are you getting these roles still? Like, you'd think just in Hollywood, just shitting on a Hollywood movie would get you, like, blackballed in some way. Yeah. But that old statement is, uh, it remains true. That never doesn't say, like, um, have the confidence of a mediocre white guy. <laughs> and you, you will get very, very far um, uh, in any industry if you do that. And someone says, I guess, in Carlton High School Musical. I never watched that. They have Disney. See, I got the, the songs into my head because the songs were quite catchy and all right. And my sister watched it on loop ah, all the okay. time. Did you watch Victorious, though? No. That show is, like, uh, low-key fucking incredible. Because that's a show my girlfriend likes. When mm. I mentioned that I like shows like Glee. She said, have you ever seen Victorious? I can't say I have. And that's the show that Ariana Grande was in. That's the oh, show she's on where why? she got discovered. And they have a song called Take a Hint. And that is, like, low-key, one of the best girl power anthems I have ever heard. <laughs> and I recommend anyone out there who wants to listen to a good girl power anthem, go listen to Take a Hint um, like by the Victoria soundtracks. It's fucking awesome. Well, and it I, has like yeah. some amazing lines in it. Like, um, you asked me what my, my sign was, and I told you it was stop. And it's like, that <laughs> is such a good line. And it's like, if I had a nickel for every name that you just dropped, you'd still be here and I'd be on a yacht. That is, you got to admit, that's a fucking good line in it. That is. That's up there with, I, I forget who it is, I think it's 3030, where it's, um, uh, if your boyfriend's got a beef, tell him I'm a fucking vegetarian. I'm a vegetarian, I'm not fucking scared of him. Like, that is a top-tier fucking lyric, in it? Uh, and you can't not just, like, sing along to that. Mm. 
It's like when you listen to um, uh, Panic at the Disco. When you listen to, um, oh God, what's it? I Write Sins Not Tragedy. Oh God, yeah. You've yeah. got to sing along to that. It's such a bop. Mm-hmm. But no, um, like I, I mentioned on the podcast a while ago, we went to like that Disney brunch, didn't we? Oh, that's, and, uh, you need to get me in one of those. Next time oh, you hear yeah. about one of those, I will travel through with the missus <laughs> and we can go to that because that sounds incredible. It was really fun. And um, I just remember them putting high school musical songs in. And it was that experience of like the first time we were like, oh yeah, high school musical. I guess that is Disney songs. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then by the end of the day, we were like sitting there a couple of hours in singing along to every single one, like fucking high school musical songs. I forgot how good they were. But you don't realise like how much they like burrow their way into your head, like those earworms, man. Mm. Like it's an art form in of itself, like to write something catchy. Yes, yeah. It's like modern art, isn't it? Whenever you see modern art and you always get some dickhead say, well, I could do that, because but you didn't. Mm-hmm. Or you get like people criticizing pop music, saying, "Oh, it's just four chords, and they're not very good at singing." It's like, but there is a skill in writing music that people like. It may not necessarily be the most complex thing. Mm-hmm. It might not be a great example of the genre, but it's catchy. And you will certainly be like humming that song in your head the next day. Like, there is a skill to do that. Yeah, it's it's almost like two separate skills between like writing a technically good song and writing and performing a catchy it. song yeah which is generally why lots of modern pop songs have multiple writers mm-hmm. and why you have people who've written like you have those people behind the scenes who've written like every big hit uh it's like uh pharrell isn't it yeah like he secretly works in the background for like 20 years and wrote yeah. almost every major like um uh, so many number ones behind him that we can look up like... that right now as an example of what we're talking about it's like pharrell mm. williams in it it is, yes. Just to look, it's uh, just have a look at the kind of stuff he's done because people might think, well, I know him. He's, he did Happy, didn't he? He did Everyone Happy. Song, Happy. Yeah, yeah. Let's have a look at his. Um, uh, I believe he like wrote for, like Britney Spears for a while. Uh, yeah, we're gonna try and track down his um, his discography, his production discography. There we go. Ah, okay, cool. Uh, Doing the deep dive. Yeah, I'm just trying to find a list of songs that he wrote. That's the annoying thing of like, when you go on his Wikipedia page. It's not the list of songs that he wrote. Right. Yeah. It's, Maybe it's just the list of collaborations. Like, Songs, written, songs, songs written, written by Pharrell, yeah. There we go. Songs written for other artists. Here we go. There's a category. Songs written by Pharrell Williams by other artists. So we have... He's uh, got... He's written for Kendrick Lamar. Um, he's written for Snoop Dogg, Madonna, uh, Pitbull, <laughs> um, Beyonce again, Ariana Grande, um, Britney Spears, Gwen Stefani, Faith Evans, Micah, Foxy Brown, um, Shakira. Okay, now... I don't like the idea that Shakira doesn't write her own songs. I love Shakira too much. I was going to do Kai, apparently, Carl. Uh, Doja Cat, um, himself, obviously. Um, a T.I., Nelly, Daft Punk. Get lucky, because he wrote that. Uh, Quavo, Beyonce again. Uh, Madonna again. T.I. Uh, oh, my God. He's, he's, I'm only onto the eyes. And that's I'm the still, thing. I'm still going down. But keep in mind, in between all these are the other songs that he's just written for himself. Like yeah. Jay-Z... When you're uh, sitting you, there going, yeah, Bella, I've written number Chris one. Chris Crabb, like Nerd, Rihanna. Oh my God. Uh, Destiny's Child. Snoop Dogg again. Nerd again. Uh, Ed Sheeran. J Balvin. Justin Timberlake. Oh, Mr. Sexy Back himself. Mariah Carey. Oh my God. Travis Scott. Um, Kelly Rowland. Kid Coody. Frank Ocean. Like, that's the thing. It's like, he's written all that in, in addition to, like, you know, his own discography. And he wrote, like, Despicable Me. Like, he wrote the soundtrack to that. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Like, he's, uh, he's just one of those. It's like Sia. Yeah. Like, all the shit she's written. 
Like she occasionally just goes on Twitter and says, I just wrote another number one hit for some tween pop star you've not heard of yet. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? Like, when you can have the ability to do that, like, I, I get it. Because at some point you go, well, I've written all these number ones for all these people. I've gotten just the this incredible amount of fame and money. Why not just fucking do it for myself? Also as well, imagine all the people that he knows. Mm, like, imagine yeah. all the people that he's got just on speed dial if he needs a hand in the song. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the other one now. There's another artist that I'm remembering. I think it's... I'm trying to double-check his name. What, another, like, ghostwriter for... Another... Yeah, it is. Niall Rogers. Oh. So, you might not have heard of him. Have you heard of Niall Rogers? The name, like, slightly rings a bell, but I'm not sure whether that's because it's a relatively common-sounding name. Well, he's a super cool-looking black dude with giant dreads, and he's the guy who plays the guitar in Get Lucky, I believe. Right, okay. He's done that, but he's another one who's been a session musician for decades. And do you know what he works on? This is the weirdest Paul ever, because this is where... It's one of those things I'm aware of him. Like mm. the Halo 2 soundtrack. Oh. And do you remember a couple of years ago where... Um, is it Marty O'Donnell does the soundtrack? Yes, yeah. Um, like, he found an old recording um, studio clip of him writing the theme song for Halo. And uh, he just said, oh, I found this on an old hard drive. I'm going to upload it. And Niall Rogers is in that. And he talks about he helped him write the Halo theme song. Oh, my God. And he brought in, I think it's, uh, is it, it might have been Eddie Van Halen who did the soundtrack. It was like the guy who ripped the solo on it and did it first time under Niall's um, uh, direction. <laughs> and it's just, how? Yeah, here we go. He worked on Halo 2. Oh, man. Um, Gears of War, Resident Evil, Borderlands, Rush Hour, Snow Dogs. That's a weird jump, isn't it? He, he yeah, like he's on Halo Two and Snow Dogs. Um, random access memories with Daft Punk. Mm-hmm. He's, he, again, he's one of those people. He's been in the background fucking years. Yes, and he has a. Um, oh, I like this. There's just a section of his Wikipedia page that says here um, he plays a 1960s Fender Stratocaster, nicknamed the Hitmaker, <laughs> because all he does is write fucking <laughs> songs that are always number ones. That's incredible. Oh, God, that's some confidence right there. Uh, just the thing as well, when you know someone's a fucking legend, when you go down to like, their career and it says selected. Not even their entire like work, discography or body of work is now uh, selected. Okay. It is the good shit. Mm-hmm. Like Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, he man. did Halo 3 soundtrack as well. God, the Halo music was so good. It was incredible. And his collaborations, like he wrote Like a Virgin. Oh, he worked on Like a Virgin. Uh, Mick Jagger, Cindy Lauper, Peter Gabriel, Grace Jones, Philip Bailey, Dana Ross, Mariah Carey, Paul Young, Cindy Lauper again, David Bowie, Brian Ferry, yeah, Michael Jackson. <laughs> Ooh, like he's the dude who works on history. Like Avicii, it's like what? And then he's there. Like almost no one's ever heard of him. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing well, I, you... I might have heard of him slightly before, but forgotten who he was. But that's the thing. You've absolutely one hundred percent listen to one of his songs well i've listened to halo 2 and 3 so of course yeah. i have yeah you've heard something that he's written it's similar to um, the guys who make up toto where they are all session musicians and we talked in a video before about um if you take their entire collective discography like mm. the body of work they have all collectively contributed to and um, they have had a hand in songs that 99 percent of the population of earth have heard mm-hmm. because if you just take into account everything one of them's helped make including their own like you know massive body of work there is almost nobody out there who's not heard a song by a member like that someone from toto had a hand in that's like a secret super group isn't it 
Toto is the ultimate secret. Super like group. the there's the super groups where if people don't know, it's like um, members or like already iconic musicians will come together from different bands and form what's yeah. like a super group of musicians. But the idea of session musicians that don't have a big name all coming together is like like the underground super group. Well, that's uh, the backstory to why they became a band. It's mm. like they were doing so many albums. They were basically producing entire albums together. Right. And they were yeah. like bring it, and then the, the artist would come in and sing their lyrics, and then they would do all the stuff in the background and like basically <laughs> help out on production because they're so talented at what they do. They would also help with other aspects of stuff they weren't necessarily asked to do. Mm-hmm. Such so as like, you know, just coming in and advising artists or like, you know, working on arrangements and things like that. And they just all sat down and they went, we should just make a band. Yeah. Like, we're all really good. At that point, let's just make yeah, a band. Oh god! And I want to pull it back, Carl, because like, okay, not talking about the music, but talking about Halo, because okay. I did have a slight chance to play some Halo Infinite over the weekend. Wait, how did you play Halo Infinite? Is it not even out yet? Is it? Uh, they had like the technical preview, uh, so like okay. you know, like a beta kind of thing or alpha or whatever a stage it is classified as, um. And I didn't get invited to the preview program. But then I had friends come over on Saturday and one of them was like, Oh yeah, were... I got to play some Halo Infinite, I got invited. It's like, wait what? Download that on my it's Xbox. Like, yeah, right. get that on my Xbox right now. So uh I managed to play like three matches of Halo Infinite. Okay. And then that's the thing I've we tried to like... avoid as much as I can about Halo. So I want to be surprised when I play, but mm-hmm. how's it play? Uh really well. And like that's the thing is I didn't want to just sit there while I have friends over and play Halo, but I could have done. I is could is have good? kept playing. Is it fun? It's well, I think fun. Halo is good. And um, it feels like they, instead of modern, like Halo 5, where they put all the, the dashes in and stuff, feel like Which this is a modern Halo multiplayer that feels like Halo. Yeah, because that was the problem with the... Um... The like Halo Five, where we can show this off right now. I've got an Xbox controller next to me, so when we mm-hmm. do recordings, um, if I remember correctly, Halo, the um, Halo Three, you have jump, melee, grenade, shoot, reload. And that's basically it, isn't it? And then crouch on one of these. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'm sure the like, buttons we're forgetting about, but yeah. Yeah, but like Halo has like what is it called? The triangle they call it, where it's gun butts, grenades, and guns. Yes. Yeah. They have the, the trifecta, and that's how they built the game. It's like a, just a triangle. These are the three things that should feel good in the game. But then mm-hmm. when you got to Halo 5, they introduced, so they have sprint. So now you've got another, you've got a button for sprint. So you've got sprint, crouch, shoot, grenade, um, uh, jump. Yes. And it's, okay, and then zoom. Don't forget your zoom as well. You've got to zoom in with your gun. But the thing is, previously, zooming was like on one of these sticks. Mm-hmm. But now crouch is on those sticks and sprint's on those sticks, so zoom isn't anymore. So now zoom has to be on one of these things, on one of your triggers. Yeah. Which means that your grenade's in the wrong thing. Okay, so now I... But well then in addition to that, they also added abilities. And those abilities also require another button on your controller. In addition to that, you've also got equipment. So you've got equipment, grenades, abilities, sprint, jump, aim. And I literally... And dashes. Could not fa- and dashes. You had a dash as well as an mm-hmm. ability on top of that. And uh, your dash in addition to your sprint. So you had mm-hmm. fo- like up to upwards of three different movement options at any one given time. In- Actually, no, four, because you had jump as well. Yeah. And then crouch is another one, so that's five. And I'm not sure about you, but I literally could not find a button layout on an Xbox controller, which has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten different buttons that you can press mm-hmm. while playing. I could not find a comfortable setup with these buttons that allowed me to do everything. 
Yeah, that's fair, yeah. Like they added just one too many things. And I think they the stripped game. back a couple of those, but kept enough where it felt like a smooth, fast-paced modern game. Um, so you still have the sprint, you still have like the zoom, um, but they haven't got like the dash anymore. They don't have Which was terrible. the abilities anymore, but you still have the equipment. So like the grappling hook, for example, is not an ability inherent to your character. It is a pickup on the stage. Okay. And then you... So it's basically like a, it's a portable man cannon, essentially. Mm, and you can use that when you deem fit, like by pressing like the X button or whatever. Okay. Um, so it's similar to like the active camouflage. You pick up the active camouflage and you can press X to throw, like to deploy that. Same with the deployable shield. I do need to ask though, does it feel good? It feels good. Okay, because I remember just watching the initial trailer where Master Chief uses that grappling hook and just goes... Ooh. Yeah, and it's it like, feels like they've sped that up about three hundred percent. That looks so, especially as well when that trailer came out when Doom Eternal was out. Mm. And Doom Eternal's grappling hook is not even a core part of the game; it's an accessory for a gun. It's like part of the shotgun, isn't it? Yeah, part of a super shotgun. Mm. Yeah, and um, yeah, it just it like I'd say only had three matches, and I, they'd upped the bot difficulty to be quite hard. So. Like, at times, I didn't get much of a chance to like, experiment with the power weapons because the bots were, like, camping the power weapons and just, yeah, right. and, like, four-shotting me down. At what, I, I, oh, God, it was fun, though. <laughs> it was fun, and, like, the fact that it left me wanting to play more. Is well, it's good, but then again, I got burned on Halo 5, so I also thought Halo 5 was good until I broke down the nitty-gritty and went, there's just too much in this. They've tried to make mm. it the every... They've tried to put in everything from every first-person shooter, and it's, like, kind of lost its identity. Yes. So, and... so do you know um, when you put... Say if you're making, like, noodles or something like that, and you put, oh, I'm going to put some soy sauce in, some sweet chilli sauce, and then the flavour packets, and there's some stuff on top, and then it just ends up tasting of nothing. <laughs> you put in so many... There's no single flavour or thing to enjoy or savour. It's just... Mets. Yeah, like, like Halo 5 did feel a bit like, yeah, too many cooks kind of feel. Of just, there's so much in this melting pot that like, it doesn't have a an few identity. Things out. Uh, but no, this felt very much felt more Halo and a good that's mix. That's good, it's called Halo. Yeah, that's the thing. But Halo 5 didn't really feel very Halo. Yeah, especially as well when you like the guns, just they sounded so bad. Mm, yeah. There's just something about the noise that like, uh, the BR made in that game that was just this is really flaccid. This doesn't feel like a future laser weapon. Yeah, and I think the the weapons had like a good amount of punch. I, as well, um, noticed that yeah, left trigger is zoom in. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. And instead that of zooming, very... I just started hip firing and was fine. Yeah, it's like I don't like that. That's not very Halo. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's Call of Duty. It's there, but I didn't need it. I, I was doing the classic just. Plasma pistol to magnum combo. So when I'm playing Halo, left trigger is grenade. And yeah, and obviously, um, I've seen like quite a few accessibility options in the game, and it, I can tell you that you'll be able to button map that because I saw like a picture of a uh, Tim Gaze on Twitter just like playing left hand control stick. So he had a gamepad in his left hand for movement, and on his right hand had the mouse. So he's oh, doing controller do and mouse. Because you can have both in Because you can have yeah. both inputs on the go at the same time. So it was like aiming and shooting with the mouse and then movement like the movement stick. on the stick. And I was like, that's kind of incredible. But that's like the next... That's basically at that point just a Wiimote. 
That's the nunchuck, if you think about it. A little bit, yeah, because you had like yeah. the the thumbstick, but then you could have the um, the pointing at the screen for the fast aiming. Yeah, it's essentially just that. And I will argue, first person, um, basic first person shooters, like Measure of Prime Three, for example, controlled so nice on the Wii. There like, is, yeah, there's some like some good games on that, from my understanding. Because I never got a chance to play many Wii games. Mm. I never had a Wii. I only played like when I could get access to a Wii, and generally would play Smash Bros. Yeah. But I, I've seen that, you know, some people really did have fun with that. Yeah, and a very limited amount of games did it well. And, like, you know, for example, Call of Duty Wii, I played a version of, like, I think Call of Duty 4 or something for Wii. And because the Wii mode didn't have enough buttons, it then, like, had to strip part of the game out. And it, like, it felt really weird because then think certain parts were, like, motion-controlled instead of buttons, and it felt really bad. But when it's designed for the Wii like Metro Prime 3, it felt really good. Yeah. It's almost like Nintendo know what they're doing as well, especially with like the Wiimote, you feel like Samus. Mm-hmm. Because you feel like you have the arm cannon. Exactly, yeah. Which is really cool. And just like, you know, we can bring that around to something I've been asked about a lot on stream, and I'm sure you've been asked about it a lot, and it's that Stream Deck thing. And every time I get asked about it, all I can think is, there's no fucking way that's beating Nintendo. Oh, yes. Uh, the Steam Deck. In- because yeah, the people stream are deck is a very different thing. That's like oh, sorry, the Elgato like thing. Oh, where that you have thing all the where you can press the button. Yeah, uh, do all like your gifts and change between settings and stuff. Well, already that's a terrible fucking name then, because it's getting mixed up for something else. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a good name. Uh, yeah, the Steam Deck is like you know what the the PC Master Race are claiming is going to be like the new Switch killer. Yeah, the thing that looks like a piece of shit. It looks like the Wii U, which is never a good sign. <laughs> like, it looks awful. And I think... Have you seen how high like the um, uh, the sticks are? Oh yeah, the sticks are like super high, and it's got like the weird like uh, trackpad for all the mouse movement and stuff. And you know what? That will be probably a perfectly fine device, but it's not. I don't think gonna capture that mainstream attention like Nintendo can. Well, that's the one, isn't it? Of because um, I, I keep getting asked this question on on streams of like, oh, have you seen the Steam Deck? Do you want one? It's like no. So why not? Does it does it play Smash? Mm-hmm. Well, no. Well, then I don't want it. Does it play Pokemon? Well, no. You can like you can jury rig it and like you know download a bunch of. Uh, I love that as an argument. Like, oh, I can no. I can illegally pirate all my games on it though. It's like okay, that was a lot of people's argument for me to get a Vita. Um, so you was can like oh, jailbreak it. You can jailbreak it and put a load of PS One games on there. It's like oh, so a piracy great and b like. Your argument for this console being great is that you can that, play you can... old games that I've already played. It's like, what new stuff does it have on it? And obviously, like, you can make the argument of how many Wii U games have been ported to Switch, but that's more because nobody owned a fucking Wii U. Yeah, but you have that thing of um, how many times has someone tried to, like, know who those crumbs off Nintendo's play? You had, like, the Game Gear way, way back in the day. The Game Gear, which was more powerful. Yep. Advertisers being more powerful fucking died. The PSP. More powerful, did okay, but then it fucking died. Yeah, the, the, to be fair, the PSP and the Game Boy Advance both sold about the same, but then the DS came around and was like... And just absolutely annihilated yeah. it. I just punched Vita my came out. Like, Vita fucking died, and then there's like the Steam Deck. And I, something I found really funny is um, when I was mentioning this, I said, well, the reason Nintendo's like going to win and they probably don't give a shit is they've got Smash Bros and Pokemon. Mm-hmm. All that's going to happen is... is kid or just someone like you know our age who's nostalgic for that sort of thing if they think you're not buying one in a shop it's like does it play pokemon yeah no okay i'll get a switch then 
And um, I want to play Pokemon. And th- this, like, this that is... combined with the fact that people are arguing, yeah, but it's the same price as like the new OLED Switch. So you can have like high fidelity, quote unquote, PC gaming on the go. Um, it and it's like, Pokemon. it'll play like, you know, they've said it'll play Jedi Fallen Order at high settings. So I'm not talking like brand new games at Ultra or anything, which, you know, that's that's more, more powerful than Switch, admittedly. But the idea but the is... the average consumer doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, like, are you going to turn around to like the 90 million people that have a Switch or whatever it is at this point and go, oh, but do you want this? It plays your PC games. And it's like, well, can I play all my Nintendo stuff? It's like, well, no. And, yeah. oh, okay, well, that's the basic version. You probably want to get the one that costs like $600 so that you don't have to worry about like the SSD speeds and uh, the memory and all that. And it's like, right, okay, so now this didn't become a, an actual comparison. It became pay double the price yeah, and you'll get something get that's much better than a Switch. Yeah, and one of the things that I started to mention that really cracked me up is when I was saying, like, well, Pokemon and, like, Animal Crossing, Smash Bros, like, Mario, Mario Party, Mario Kart, which is, like, you know, just an absolute sells gangbusters every time they release a new one. Still, Though, Those things are just, just like, earth-shattering in their importance mm-hmm. and the impact they have on, like gaming as a whole when they get released a guy legitimately said in response yeah but valve's got half-life and he's like when's the last time you heard about anyone talk about half-life well to be fair you know there's half-life it's a good game it's Um, but lucas half-life or mario yeah and every other game i just mentioned and that's the thing is there's it's not like there's not popular games on pc we're not, of course, we're not yeah, saying every that, game on PC. Nintendo have that that mainstream click with consumers. Like, my family will buy a Switch for Animal yeah. Crossing and Mario Kart. Like, it's my like sisters your knows what have Nintendo bought is. Nintendo handhelds, but my sisters will not then go and buy like a PC to game on, or um, because they're not interested. You know, they don't and, want to put that address. I'm in. not saying that like that wasn't aimed specifically at females like you know my girlfriend that's, plays that's, console that's the game. they're just two people i think of that are quite casual gamers that pick up nothing but nintendo handhelds yeah and the switch like my uh, yeah it's like my brother only plays like a couple of games like he'd probably pick one up mm-hmm. to play something like that and he's like expressed interest in getting one when he sees me on my switch when i go home yeah on the rare occasion that i can do that but um this is one of those things where it is um people are unable to see something from another person's point of view like all those weird PC master race people, they cannot fathom why people would not give a huge shit about like frame rate and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, this is this is so big, it's so important to me. Why would nobody else care? Yeah. And then they can't fathom why you wouldn't give a shit. So in their head, like, well, you know, it's like uh, back in the day when you're like, you know, you're like fourteen and you're having the arguments at school of like, why have you got a GameCube? It's only got yeah. baby games on it. And then mm. you fast forward 10 years and like the, there's so much nostalgia for the GameCube. There is now, yeah. And that's the funny thing is Wind Waker is obviously a perfect example of that because of the art style. Everybody saw that like, you know, Zelda 2000 Space World demo where it's like realistic looking Ocarina of Time fight. And then it's like the next year they show off Wind Waker and everyone goes, oh, it's a baby game. I don't like this. Yeah. And now you look back and people have such reverence for Wind Waker and call it one of the best Zelda games. And some people just never grow out of that stage of, like, I want the thing that's for adults. I want the thing that's for me. Mm-hmm. And they can't ever, like, you know, get themselves in the headspace of someone who's maybe not them. And that thing is, I'm sure, like, from the looks of it, 
the Steam Deck will probably do all right with that group of it's, people, but it's but, not going to hit that mainstream appeal, I don't think. And what I'm imagining is that everyone who gets one is going to be fucking insufferable. Because it reminds me of that great Hard Times headline, which is, um, what you don't? why would you buy a Nintendo um, SNES Mini when mm. you could get a Raspberry Pi and never shut the fuck up about it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And we all know that guy. Mm-hmm. If you if you're into games, you know that guy who has a Raspberry Pi and never shuts the fuck up. Well, I can play every game I want on it. And goes okay. Yeah. That that means nothing to me. No, like it's just one of those, isn't it? Of like there is a subsect of people that will fucking adore this thing, and I don't mean a subsect. And they'll like never shut up about it. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. Like every time I pull out my Switch, a Steam Deck owner will appear behind me out of nowhere and go, like, yeah. did you know that it's got more power than the Switch? So I don't care. Has it got Smash Bros? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Just, like, getting that auto-mod approved. Oh, God. Well, what word did it um, uh, tell you not allowed? Uh, someone was saying, blew me away. So it was like, blew me. No, no, no. <laughs> I love... Sometimes I love just the uh, the auto censoring of um, robots. Yeah, the, some of the options or like choices that robots make are very fun. <laughs> like so AI funny. is imperfect, and that's one of the reasons why it's so scary. Mm. Like, um, like a story that always swings to mind when I talk about AI, and like you know why it being bad is more dangerous than it being good. Because people, when they think of AI going rogue it's like the ai will get too smart and it'll kill everyone it'll no. learn that it doesn't need us and it'll destroy us and they'll like no. teach themselves like that's super unlikely and also is probably less likely to result in disaster what's more likely is that ai is stupid and will hurt people that way because you have the story of like cars which are robot cars with ai mm. in them being stopped by drawing circles of salt around them because the AI in it detects any white line as a line that it cannot cross. Because it, all it knows is that white line means cannot cross. Mm-hmm. So people were just going up to cars with AI in them and like the self-driving thing and just putting circles of salt around them. <laughs> like just trap it like a slug. Yeah, and then you th- or a demon. That's what's really funny about it. Cause that's how you stop demons. <laughs> and it's like that thing of like, well, in that case, with that you know level of dumb ai in a self-driving car you could make one of those cars crash by going onto a main road and just drawing a white line into a brick wall yeah you, and, the you, AI, and it will because it would avoid the white line and go and just careen directly into a brick wall and well, that's that, that was literally my first thought that popped in my head when you said that i was like what if like there's just a white paint splatter across the road and it just fucking breaks and stops and causes the a big crash. figure it out and yeah. crashes the car It'll just get boxed in by some white, and it'll go, nope, nope, can't do yep. it. And that's what that's what's far more likely to happen. It's also way, way funnier. Mm. Yeah. It's way funnier to imagine like all these people buying these cars and then just let them crashing into walls. It's not like an army of robots rising up and martial art in the way to, like, but, you know, kicking all our heads off. It's just, no, these cars got really annoyed by salt on the road. Yeah, it's like they got tricked by something that a human would never Imagine what happens by, when it snows, Carl. Oh, they can't handle it. <laughs> I'm trapped. I'm trapped. The cars, go. the cars are just going to stop. It's like I've got that Roomba in my house. I talked about it last week, where <laughs> if it's sunny, it can't move because it, the infrared gets overwhelmed and it thinks that it's just trapped. Mm. Now imagine if that was like, you know, something like street automatic street cleaning robot and it's sunny and they don't work. <laughs> oh, God, that would be incredible. Just, just what? Just robots not working. Just robots not like just shutting down because like oh no the sun got too bright. 
there's all sorts of there's all sorts of stories like that, just people making technology not anticipating mm. just the way an average person would use it. Like, I've got an iPhone in front of me now. It's like my work phone. Like, don't never forget that Apple. Um, if a couple of years ago they had iPhones where the if you held locker. them like a phone and talked like this, uh, people listening on this can't hear. I'm like holding my phone to my ear like a phone, like normal um, people hold their phones. Yeah. So if a right-handed person held the iPhone 4, I believe it was, in it was their hand four, like yeah. that, um, the heel of their palm would cover up the receiver for the phone, and it would stop, not the receiver, the um, the antenna, it was built into the base of the handset, and it would uh-huh. mean that your calls would cut out, and also it's where the microphone was, so it cut your microphone out, so you couldn't make calls on it. And it turns out that internally, um, the reason why they never anticipated or found that out is because everyone inside of Apple, when they talked on their iPhone, would talk like this. And Lucas, like, do you want to describe how I'm talking on, like, you know, holding my iPhone? Uh, yeah, so Carl is holding it, like, in front of his face, like, you know, a couple of feet away from his mouth, and holding it, like, in a flat position. Yes, um, which is how you see knobheads talk on iPhones on the bus. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, with, or they'd have hands-free kits in and things like that. They never anticipated anybody would hold the iPhone like a phone, because nobody internally held it like a phone. It just <laughs> never occurred to anyone, because that's how they talk on them. That was like, you know, the business way they communicate with iPhones. They like hold them and have, because Apple has like a very um, uh, collaborative atmosphere inside. Right, yeah. So everybody's constantly just using their iPhone, like, you know, for like conference calls and stuff. No one ever held it like a phone. God. And it, the weird one to me, though, is that kind of reminds me of like the issue with the Joy-Cons, where like every now and then um, the signal will just get blocked by your hands. Because they got people with very small hands using them, didn't they? Uh, is that it? what maybe it was? And I... It's something like, yes, I also have a Joy-Con in front of me as well. Yeah. As like. so <laughs> yeah. You see, when I hold a Joy-Con, because I've got, you know, quite, not really big hands, but, you know, average size hands for, like, you know, a man of my height. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I hold a Joy-Con, it's completely covered by my hands. Yeah. And because it's completely covered by my hands, the blood in my hands actually stops the signal getting to the switch. And that's I something I anticipated, because like... everyone always holds them like this if you watch trailers. Yeah, yeah. Because they never anticipate people holding for long lengths of time. And then you coddle it a little bit, especially if you're using a single Joy-Con, which uh, mm-hmm. you do as, like, you know, just the flex when you're playing Smash Bros. with us, or when you're, like, playing multiplayer games, the entire design of the Switch is, like, pull off two Joy-Cons, one each, play yeah, Mario Kart or whatever. If you go watch trailers for the Switch, whenever they show someone holding a Joy-Con, they always hold it like this. Really delicately with like fingers out and stuff, yeah. They never show someone holding it like a controller. Mm-hmm. They show them holding it like, you know, a, a toy, essentially. Like, you know, 20 minutes dropping As if it's delicate, yeah. Yeah, and they never anticipate anyone holding it like that. And there's so many cases, it's like the new um, uh, or Windows 10 or Windows 8, do you want to turn it like the big squares? Oh, yes. That's because everyone internally at Microsoft had touchscreen uh, screens. Yeah, you literally can, you can 100% everyone in Microsoft see the design of that works really well on like a tablet, on a phone, touchscreen, just flicking through all the squares. At the moment, you put that on a PC where you're using mouse and keyboard, like it's not as intuitive. And that's because literally every single computer at Microsoft was a touchscreen, and because every single person working on Windows 8 had a touchscreen, they had no like point of reference for what an average PC user would be experiencing because it's just in their head, well, this is how everyone I know uses this. Everyone using this has this input method. And I know in Microsoft it. it was probably they gave everybody a Surface Pro to work on or whatever it was like. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, so all of them are using like that Surface tablets with the, the little attachable keyboards. So then again, a full yeah. 
PC experience, I presume something like that, and it's just, yeah. Or so yeah. have you seen um, Windows 11? I've seen little I've glimpses seen... of Windows 11, yeah. Okay, so Joe, this, you've got your PC in front of you now, Luke, haven't you? Yeah, I'm on my PC recording, yes. Do you have your start button? Oh, do you mean the so thing in the you, bottom how... left? Yeah, how do you get to your start button? Bottom left, innit? Bottom left, yeah. Yeah, so do you know the design reasoning for that? Uh... Because there is, a, there is actually a really ingenious reasoning for why the start button is in the very, very bottom left of the screen. Other than uh, taking a guess of like it's where people would accidentally go the least, I'm not quite sure. It's, it's partly that, and it's also because um, if you've never used a computer before, um, if you just scroll your mouse all the way down to the left, you just try it now. If you scroll your mouse right into the corner of the screen where you can't even see anymore, you can still click the start button. Yes. So it is. Imp- so if you drag it all the way to the right and then all the way down, there is no way to that you cannot click it. Right. Okay. Yeah. And you could try it if, like, people at home, if you're on a PC right now, try it. Like, scroll, scroll, get it so your mouse is completely off the screen. Mm-hmm. You can still click the start button, and that's the why. It's because you can never not click it if you just drag down to the bottom left. But if you go up to like the top left or the top right, you'll still you see part of the mouse. Yes. It won't disappear. In case you loop, because it's also as well, it's just one thing. It teaches you if the mouse is on screen, you can still click it. It's the point end. Hmm. It's one of those things where they spent ages figuring this out. And then Windows 11, they put it in the middle of the screen. Meaning that it is no longer intuitive and easy for people who've never used one before. No, but it looks like Apple. Yes. It looks like a Mac. But like, that's the, the reason they had it is so that you can fucking click it. And I get just the all... design decision behind it being in the middle because you think it's like the bottom middle is kind of almost like, you know, where Highlight. things would come from. Like, but I, I get it. Not it's how... like growing out from the middle, but... But from a design standpoint, it's really unintuitive for someone who's not familiar with computers, mm-hmm. which is, I know, that's a rarer and rarer occurrence these days. But still, that's like, if you just like try that then, like something you probably never noticed before, but if you try it and you think, well, yeah, there's no way you can't not click it. Mm-hmm. If you drag your mouse to the bottom left, you are guaranteed to click Like Now, imagine if you weren't very like, you know, comfortable using a mouse and you're wobbling yeah. around and stuff and you're not as like, you know, at the level of finesse other people do. And I, maybe you've got, you know, limited mobility or something like that. Yeah, and that's the thing is, as you say, like, this is a design decision that's been around in Windows since I presume the original. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people weren't PC literate at that time, whereas obviously mo- a lot of people are now. But, but even then, it's still just a really good one because it means, mm-hmm. like, even when you're without thinking, if I need to get the start button, I can just drag... Bottom left, click and know it's going to open. Now it just takes that extra split second to double check and make sure I'm on it. And yeah, that's the thing is like, I remember installing like a little dock at the bottom of my my PC, like when I was a bit younger, like mm-hmm. um, had that kind of Mac type system where you have that little middle part that, you know, looks nice and sleek and you've got all your apps lined up on there. Um, it's a very like visually appealing design decision. But then the amount of times I would catch myself still just flick into the bottom left and go, oh, God damn it. Like, also, how many times do you accidentally click on? Say, for example, on my um, uh, taskbar at the bottom, I've got like um, Chrome, OBS, Elgato, Streamlabs, Audacity, um, uh, VLN, is it? The, the... VLC. What? VLC, yeah. I never know what it's called. I just know it's a little uh, traffic cone. <laughs> the and traffic cone, yeah. I'm presuming, though, you have, I presumably you've got Adobe on there as well on yours. Uh, I have like a couple of them, yeah. On photo, like how many times do you accidentally click on Photoshop and go, oh, for fuck's sake? Yeah. 
And like, I have to spend that five minutes closing. And the that worst never thing happened. with Adobe ones is like how long the startup takes on them. Like, that's why I picked an Adobe yeah. one. And that's why I'm saying like the start button, it's, you never make that mistake. Mm-hmm. But now you're going to and it's fucking in the middle because you're going to accidentally click on stuff around it. Yeah. And that's the thing is it really annoys me how um, Adobe have gone to basically a real... Like, every single app is like a shade of like a blue or a purple where it Rather used to be like distinct. a pink or a green and you could visually identify which one was which based on how like the different bright colors that they represented mm-hmm. whereas now it's like color. i go on to my thing and like the five main apps that i use for adobe are like after effects audition media encoder premiere pro photoshop four of them are the same shade of uh, like a bluey purple and then photoshop is a bit of a lighter blue yeah so it's like oh god damn and like after effects and audition like aeau and just when i'm glancing and quickly moving my mouse i just click on one and like sometimes it's just the wrong one I'm open, like, oh, open God, the wrong. and it's just that thing like five minutes now to shut it and it's one of those things that yeah that's my bad that's user error but you should make things as mindless as possible like yeah, i should be able that. to know visually immediately which one is which and click on the right one without even thinking about it yeah, that's the thing. That's why um, just those design decisions, like they make sense if you are, you know, in an office full of people who are all computer literate. Mm-hmm. But it goes into that thing of people not being able to see something from the point of view of another. And in that case, like, okay, now imagine you don't know how a PC works. Mm-hmm. How do you make this PC work? Well, a lot of people kicked off recently with um, the icons changing for Google apps, where they changed yeah, them they... all to like the Google colors including like youtube and stuff and it's like no youtube is just like you know the fucking red you, I, I see red it's like on my uh, my iphone my, my home screen i know where youtube is because i just see the app and i go boop i think the youtube Reject. one's still just youtube isn't it it's still youtube yeah but then like i look at the bottom of my screen it's like for the iphone because at the bottom i've got like my phone my texts um uh, whatsapp and spotify mm, yeah and they're all green and that's the thing is i look at my um my like pixel here like an android phone and I've oh, got like my my Gmail. Lucas, do you realize? My... Do you realize, Lucas? If we had like less of a personality, we argue right now. <laughs> right. There are people out there that have an argument over that um, over which phone we're using. It's so annoying that I look at this and I go like, "Oh yeah, my Gmail, my Drive, my Google, my Fit, my Home, my Maps. They're all the exact same color set and like very similar iconography." And it just it means that no longer can I look at it and know which app it is almost, like, without thinking, as I said. Which is, like, you know, you'd think would be one of the first things you'd work on if you were designing the logo for your app. And they had that and removed it to make them all yep. look more similar because they because want a, like... Um, cohesive theme. That's the... That's, I was going to say, they yeah, I just lost my word in them, but, yeah, they want more cohesion across the design, but then that loses the impact of each individual icon yeah and it's uh, makes it less distinct on its own mm-hmm. so it's like you're sacrificing cohesion for like brand memorability and there's a couple of like great stories about like you know, just branding from history uh, i think it's orvel redenbacher i think that's the name of it the popcorn brand it's, it's a thing in america mm. but it's not over here. i'm just going to double check the actual specific name of it now Red, uh, Someone in chat are going to correct me before I can search for it. There we go. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying. I am. Um, while you look that up, I always like to mention though, like. Oh, there it is. Alvin Redenbacher. Oh, okay. Or maybe Bocker. We'll never know. Chat I'll, I'll tell know, you, but we'll never know. 
but they'll never I'll never know the correct pronunciation. But um, that is named after a guy called, oddly enough, Orville Redenbacher. Mm-hmm. And he paid a marketing company, like I think about ten, twenty thousand pounds. Said, Look, I need you to figure out what I should call my popcorn. And okay. they came back and went, call it Orville Redenbacher. <laughs> because they did a bunch of research and found out that his name was so distinct that it's just that yeah. memorable. Yeah, once you hear it once, you hear it and go, that sticks in your mind. Mm-hmm. And they were their reasoning was once your name becomes it sticks in your mind, it will then become synonymous with popcorn. Right. So people will start thinking popcorn, and they'll think your name. Mm-hmm. And he paid someone to tell him that. <laughs> and that's that's fair enough, but that's why they get paid the big bucks. Though, it is because yeah. like you know, I remember it, and we don't even have that popcorn over in our country. Mm. We don't have that brand over here, and I still know what it is because I've heard it once, and it sticks in my brain. Yeah. And again, that's the thing of like. It sounds very obvious, but it's only obvious when it's pointed out to you, and that's yeah why these people have jobs. Yeah, that's like you know how marketing like you know gurus do it. That's why they get paid the big fucking bucks. But yeah, like to just circle back to what I was gonna say while you're looking that up. I yes. I, uh, I do find it funny when people point out like old iconic um, like logos and stuff to use. Like for example, the save button on your PC and many apps oh, and stuff. Yeah. Is a floppy, a floppy disk, disk, but a lot of people using that button will have absolutely no idea what a floppy disk is at this point. As much yeah, as that no. makes me feel old saying it, a lot of younger people will be like, I don't know what this is, it's just the save button. I don't know why it looks yeah. like that, it's just what it looks like. And it's uh, The actual true meaning is now so divorced from its origins that it's fine. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine them ever changing it from the floppy disk because you know it's now so synonymous with the art of saving. Yeah, and that's the thing is you don't need to understand that it's a floppy disk to know that it's the save button. Yeah. It just is the icon for the save button. It's what save buttons look like. It's like the play button as well. It's an arrow that goes forward. Right, yeah. To to continue. How many people, like, you know, and it used to be on, like, VHS plays and stuff like that. But now, like, just triangle means play, means go. Yeah, and... uh, Same with, like, colours and stuff, isn't it? Like, people just see green. Green means go. Yeah. You have those... uh, those just subconscious different thoughts about every single colour, don't you? Like red is danger intrinsically. Those associations in your mind. And that's one of the things where um, uh, they've actually got a group of people out there trying to figure out how to create a logo for radioactive waste. Because uh, Joe, the classic radioactive waste symbol, the yeah. um, the circle with like the, the three prongs. And the, yeah. It's yellow background. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know that means radioactive waste, right? Yeah. You know it means radiation. Mm-hmm. Um, they've actually done research on it by asking people in countries where they don't know what radioactive waste is. Like, Joe, like un- not uncontacted trans, but, you know, people in, like, deep, deep rural areas of countries where, like, they're maybe like, illiterate and uneducated, asking them what it means. Yeah. And they think it means flowers. Oh. Stuff like that. And the worry is that if we ever succumb to nuclear annihilation... Would future generations know what that symbol means? Right, because it because it doesn't it exactly doesn't represent danger, clear waste or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't exactly convey danger, especially not the mm. level of danger that you get from interacting with something radioactive. Yeah, that's very true. It just kind of it looks like a circle with some lines in it that could be harmless, that could be dangerous, that could be anything. Yeah, like one of the things that people think it means flowers, mm. like field of flowers or something like because it looks like a flower. God, yeah. And you never think about that, because obviously you know it's radioactive waste. I've grown up watching The Simpsons knowing what radioactive waste symbol looks like. 
but then put yourself into the shoes of someone who has no idea what radiation is. Mm-hmm. Would you know that sign means danger? Yeah. Yeah, that's really weird. Yeah. And I love shit like that. Yeah, like, I, I, obviously, like, as you say, I just grew up knowing what that was. Probably, I joke, but probably because of The Simpsons. Because yeah, well, Homer Simpsons. Simpson works in a nuclear waste factory, like, in a nuclear factory and deals with that waste. And Yeah. But, yeah, there's nothing that screams radioactive waste about the logo itself. There's nothing that screams danger. Specifically, it's danger is what you want to convey. Yeah. And it's difficult to, like, you know, convey danger in just, like, you know, a very simple image that is, like, you know, identifiable across all cultures and socioeconomic boundaries. Just draw, like, someone putting a foot in a puddle and a skeleton appears. I don't know. It was like the the danger of death one that you see on um, electricity. A lightning bolt shocking someone who's like you know in a state of danger. Mm. That it's really difficult to like misinterpret what something like that means. Yeah, but then you get the classic, um, the classic British one, the opening the oh, umbrella. The, the, yeah, the man digging. <laughs> yeah, the person digging. And isn't it like the lady who invented that is really pissed off because she thinks it looks like an umbrella? Well, that's that's what people get it confused for. Yeah, and they think it means rain. They, I remember like they did like a segment on it on a Top Gear episode where it's like. Oh yeah, we were talking to this woman and she's like, I get really annoyed that fuck that one up. Because that's the only one that we did where people confuse it for something else. They nailed like every other um like traffic signal warning sign and all this and Ah, oh, okay, that must be what it is. I must have thought you've told me that story before and I thought you meant the woman who invented it. No, yeah, they, they were talking to the woman who invented it. Oh, okay, yeah, perfect. So yeah. I'm remembering it half right, half right. And um, they were talking to her and had her on the episode and she like jokingly went up to the sign they were like how would you change this sign and she just drew like a little shovel head at the top of the uh stick that's all you need all you need like just a tiny little extra block on top to associate that as a shovel and not looking like an umbrella yeah well, in that vein we have uh, someone in chat now so the radioactive danger symbol is a particle with stuff coming off of it signaling radiation how is an illiterate person supposed to know what a particle is mm-hmm. That's something you have to be taught and learn in school. The idea is it should be immediately obvious to someone who has no idea what any of that stuff is. They should just know. Cause the, the idea is it not for it to convey radiation, to convey danger. Right, yeah. To people who don't know what radiation is. And, uh, and for anyone the that isn't from like the UK, I'm just going to... You're going to post a picture I'm of one It does look like an umbrella. Yeah, what the um, traffic sign... Like, what was it... What What's it for? It's for men at work. Men at work. Yeah, like roadworks and stuff like that. Oh, right, okay, yeah. So, so there's a couple as well. It's like, um, the one that always confused me is heavy plant crossing. Heavy plant crossing? Yeah, it means like heavy machinery. Like heavy machinery might be crossing this like a tractor or something like that, but just heavy plant crossing. So what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> so like, yeah, I don't know if I, I can't remember like how to post things. Uh, so. Has it been that long? You're taking that long a break, Luke, because you don't even remember how to post something in chat anymore. Yeah, like that's the thing is, I just forget that I can put links in my chat because I block everybody else from doing it. So I, you can uh, in my chat, there's like just a picture there, and it's meant to be like just a man digging up some dirt to represent, yeah, somebody working on the side of the road, and that's like the UK uh, traffic sign for it. But it just a lot of people don't know what it looks like, and it kind of looks a bit like someone struggling to open an umbrella. So uh, it might be, it might be windy. It's like uh, there's an uh, there's an art to doing that because you know it's really difficult to convey a complex message in that someone needs to be able to see 
realize and react to instantly. Yes. Because if you're driving in a car at 60 miles an hour, you have like, what, three, four seconds to see something as you're driving up to it and gone past. Mm -hmm. You need to know what that sign means straight away. There can be no room for um, interpretation there. Yeah, exactly. And, that's and that to me, it's like a fascinating idea. It's like uh, people trying to figure out how to make bathroom door signs. Oh, you know, with like yeah. people becoming more accepting of like you no know, trans people and like you no know, um, uh, non-binary people. It's like, okay, so how do we um, uh, represent that on the door? And I like the one that just says, um, "Sit down, stand up." Do you want to sit down when you're on the toilet, or can you, or do you want to stand up? Yeah, I, that's, that, that's the one for me. That's the one I look at and go, "That is the perfect one." And that's the thing, though, like because then becomes the issue of, um, well, you're not using iconography anymore; you're using text, which means that anyone that doesn't understand the language like tourists and whatnot then it becomes a struggle for them to read the sign which is why i think on the sign it has like a little man sitting down uh, a little man standing okay. up yeah um i know it's a like little man i mean like you know stick figure mm -hmm. and that's the one of like that's the easiest way to do that you you solve that problem instantly it's like do you need to stand up or do you need to sit down yeah this bathroom like one bathroom has urinals one bathroom has toilets done yeah that, that is quite a like a nice solution and i see a lot of the time now it's just um like either the stick figure if they want to do stick figure it's like a half of the man figure and half of the woman figure just slapped yeah. together to be like which one person really, which looks really ugly and then i've um, seen others you... where it's just toilet yeah just that's toilet. just shit a pisser <laughs> yeah like... i just like the one i think i've seen it, it's like on a bar in america somewhere and just like this there's a paper sign that says the shitter <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need like that's the thing you're going like no one's going in there for a conversation you're going there for one of two reasons oh man maybe, like three maybe four so the question is a Carl, couple of things you go into a bathroom for i'm sure you have um but have you had like the moment where somebody like somebody you don't know has tried to engage you in conversation through the stalls not through the stalls but i've had someone try and strike up conversation while i'm taking a piss and normally just a a your guy just asking so, what are you up to tonight? Because I'm going to drink some mates. Cool. I've never had anyone try and strike up a full conversation. It's normally just that politeness mm -hmm. of them just, they feel awkward, so they just, like, say something out loud. No, I... How about yourself? I had... Have you had one? I've had one before where just, like, I was sitting in the stall on the toilet, and I just Doing see, like, to the right of me, like, someone walk around, go into the next stall, see, like, some shoes and whatnot, and then they just, like wiggled the little foot underneath my stall and i was like i don't like this i'm gonna sit perfectly still yep. i'm not gonna react to this whatsoever ignore it this is weird as fuck uh please stop and then just a, a man's voice was like oh you're right mate i'm like uh yeah oh how are you doing tonight and i was like fine i just just got out as quickly as I could. Like, fucking yeah. go, go, go. I don't need this in my life. The only time that's ever been good is like in the, um, uh, the Austin Powers movie where it's Austin Powers getting attacked on the toilet. <laughs> yeah. And they that is like a full 45-minute build-up to this because you have um, Dr. No, or Dr. Evil say that his number two is called number two. And then they send an assassin after Austin Powers. So he's on the toilet strangling an assassin. So you can hear him struggling, just saying, who does number two work for? And the guy that's all like, yeah, you show that turd who's boss. And just the idea of the supportive man, like being like, yeah, you show that turd who's boss. Yeah. We all need that hype man. We all need that poo hype man in our life. Because oh, there's God. been those times in my life of like, I need a hype man. 
I need someone to like you know walk me through this. I was recently just like doom scrolling on Reddit and uh, saw one oh, of God. those ones. Well, that's all Reddit is now, isn't it? It is, but like you know, I follow a few of the the ones like where it's just like oh, make me smile and stuff like that. You know, trying to avoid the negativity and just look at the positive ones, like the animal posts and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I just saw one where it's like these, you know, kids that look like them in like preschool, kindergarten kind of age. And they're going through like, how do you spell this word? And it's like the one kid's spelling it and there's another kid just getting so hyped for him. Like, yes, you can do it, man. You can do it. That's great. And it's so cute. It's like, we I need love that. stories like... It's like uh, those stories you hear every time they do spelling bees because there's no way you can improve at spelling. Like they have the huge, I think it's the script spelling bee every year, mm. and every year they get more and more winners because kids are now just so good at spelling right. that they run out of words for them to spell. And I think one year they had like seven joint winners <laughs> because there's just like, well, these kids all they've spelled everything flawlessly. There's nothing they can't spell because once like with spelling, it's ironically a numbers game. And mm. once you think like you know the rules for all the words, there's no word they can really introduce to catch you out. Just and they realise that. Ask ask them how to spell necessary. That one always fucks me up. Never eat cress, eat salad sandwiches and remain young. <laughs> God damn it, why did you offer for that? I remember that one. That I still say that in my head every time I write necessary. Yeah. Same with because. Big elephants can't always use small exits. I've never struggled. That was the word I always struggle. I always struggle with that. That was the one that held me up on my spelling test as a kid. But when they have those like script spelling bees, you always have the kids getting really excited and they like shake each other's hand and cheer and split the prize money and the prize seven ways. Mm. And then you always get like weird adults going, well, they don't really win in other. Because well, they did. It's just that seven other people were exactly as good as they are. It's like if you're doing the 100 meter dash and everyone else on the finish line all finished at the exact same time. You're all winners because you're all equally as good as everybody else. That just happened in the Olympics, didn't it? Um, Did it? Because I've not been watching much of the Olympics. Well, two there was two high jumpers that I saw like the clip getting shared around of like they basically they got the exact same high jump high score. I you know I don't know exactly how high jump works, but yeah they they were both tied for you first. jump really high generally. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and um, they were both tied for gold, and they were like, right, do you want to do like a jump off for the gold? Right and they both just went, can we both get a gold? And they went, yeah, sure. And they both just celebrated on the podium together and both yeah, got a gold. I just get a gold. I think it was a time that happened as well. I think it was like first and second, got the same time. So I think they split the medals in half and they got a half gold medal, half silver medal, something <laughs> together. There's a lot of shit like that, like the camaraderie. Oh, there we go. Someone the camaraderie. The, the Olymp- yeah, there was uh, two Dutchmen that tied in round, one round in time as well. Like, yeah, it does happen, but I never thought in the Olympics that they could do that of just, can, can we both win? <laughs> If you're both equally as good as each other. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to see like people who aren't involved with any aspect of that and have no understanding of how it works, judging them for it. It's like, do you see the one like Simone Biles? Oh, fuck where it she out. was like, yeah, um, I've, I've got an injury and I, just, I do not feel mentally up to doing 18 backflips today because it's so stressful with that much pressure. Well, and every single other gymnast in the Olympics like we understand because it happens to us. And that's the thing then is, you have, like, not only is like, she got to do all those backflips in the Olympic that's stressful enough anyway. She has that reputation of being like the greatest fucking gymnast there is. And yep. she has like, I saw that, you know, when people were talking about it, like, she's got four moves named after her after because her. she's like and that she's fucking good. And the amount of pressure to be that dominant in a sport, I respect her for having the balls to just leave. 
But then there's like all the weird people who don't understand gymnastics yeah. shitting on her. Like mm-hmm. she's letting her country down. It's like, well, she's not because she's won like eight gold medals in the past. She's yep. already done enough for like, exactly. you know, American gymnastics. I think she's good. She's been dominant in it for multiple years and multiple competitions already. She has proven herself. And yeah, at some point she just like turns around like, look, I need to look after myself as well. And I respect that's that. Like, so it always makes me think of that Serena Williams quote. The amazing quotes you asked about um, Naomi Osaka dropping out of the competition mm. and all the criticism she was getting. Just Serena Williams went, well, whenever I get criticism like that, I just look at the person and think, I'm better than you. <laughs> and that's what like, Simone Biles should do. Everyone who's criticised is like, I'm better than you. Mm. Oh, I absolutely just despise anyone that just is like, oh, no, fuck these like world-class athletes that's who the are one at the top well. like, of their game that can do things I couldn't even imagine. And it's like, oh, what losers. It's like people criticising um, athletes for co- or celebrating for coming third. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, cele- why are they celebrating getting a bronze? Because there's only two people on the planet who are better than they are. <laughs> That's a pretty big achievement. Oh, God, yeah. It's like, why are they celebrating having uh, there only being two people on planet Earth better than they are at this thing? It's a very I weird mentality, why. isn't it? Because you celebrate somebody for being able to make it to the olympics to getting to that level where you are a fucking olympian athlete because being an olympian means you're like by default better or by definition better than everyone in your country apart from you know the three other teammates you might have or whatever it is in that uh, sport and yeah the idea that it's like oh how dare you only be the third best person in the entire world currently at this thing and it's weird as well, like, all the people levelling that criticism are, like, the weird people with Trump avatars and Confederate flags. It's like, I thought you liked supporting, like, runner-ups <laughs> and losers. So strange. But, um, but I like, last thing is, I remember, for example, when, yes. you know, we were, like, I, I streamed, like, Resident Evil 2, like, casual speed run. It's like, oh, no, oh, they yeah. made it into, like, the top 100. It's like, that would have been so cool, like, top 100. And, like... Yeah. in a certain rank of a certain mode of a certain speedrun of a game, is that just take the win. Like, just the fact that you're better than a lot of people or something, you don't need to be the greatest in the world. Yeah, it's like any, like, just, even just improving, even if the only person you're beating is yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, if you, if, you know, you beat your own, like, record or your personal best, which is why at the Olympics, they always put personal best. Yeah, because that's a massive sell- fucking thing. Because it means you're better than you were the last time you performed at your peak. Mm-hmm. It's great. Oh, God, yeah. Too many, like, losers just shitting on people for only being, like, one of the greatest people in the world or something. It's always baffling when it's the Olympics, though, because, like, these are people at the absolute pinnacle yeah, exactly. of their field. Like, these are, like, what the closest we will ever get to perfect humans. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but uh, they, were, they were worse than that one guy. Like, great, great. There's one person better than that. One. And they live on a di- and they live on a different continent, which means that in ninety nine point nine nine percent of their daily interactions, they're better at this thing than everybody else they encounter. <laughs> I think that the they're probably the best person in their entire country. Yeah. If they've come third, I presume at any given moment, they're like better than everyone for a thousand miles around them. Yeah. Except for when they're at the Olympics. The one like <laughs> caveat is when they're at the Olympics. <laughs> And even then, it might be up for um, uh, it might be up for debate, mm. like based on the things. That's what I love about the Olympics, where it's like jokes. It's down to like thousands of a second. Yes, like stuff like the wind can affect it. 
Oh yeah, yeah, totally. And I just, I just want there to be like a guy who did like super windy day, just running with like a giant big flag on his like, back. Can you imagine the difference in times when it's like a marathon runner going against a headwind compared to getting a like a backwind? Or if you like running on a crap road. Yeah, yeah. The the difference it must make to have that wind pushing you forward for what the best part of two hours. Yeah. While you're running twenty six miles like that, that builds up very quickly. It's like Wait. um when you like for example, strafing behind cars and vans and stuff. Yeah, it saves those few couple of like seconds here and there. Yeah. And gives you that little oh, bit up. of like boost and stuff. Yeah, like it, and even helps with like fuel economy and shit because you your vehicle is having to make less effort to move forward and it's tiny tiny improvement but when you make that tiny improvement for an hour it builds up well, that's why you have like um, thousands and thousands of pounds being spent by like, F1 teams mm. where they're like we need we're spending thousands of pounds to shave grams off of these Points Formula of 1 cars. grams yeah yeah like every like taking paint and stickers off. Like I think one of like the not the newest, but like a really big um, jump in like Formula One technology is when they figured out um, like a, a lighter kind of paint oh. for painting branding on there. Yeah. So obviously they have to have branding on it. it. Used to be stickers, and the stickers as like you know as minor as it is, they do detract from like the um, uh, the aerodynamic quality of the car, and they will also add slight amount of weight. Yeah, and it's like when you get to the point where the weight of a fucking sticker <laughs> is something that you take into account. It's like that's it. Yeah, that's the one. Oh man, I'll still never forget though that time when just out of nowhere, um, F one, just in the rules went, okay, you can't um, refuel. Do you remember that? No, I don't okay, pay so too much attention to F one, but okay, well, there was a rule. I remember I watched um, the F one. Just like my mate is really into the Grand Prix, mm-hmm. I watched it on the day this rule came into effect. So previously, the rule was um, you could refuel as many times as you, like not as many, but a couple of times per race. Mm-hmm. So some manufacturers of cars and some teams deliberately didn't build fuel tanks that could hold enough fuel to get around the track because then because it lowers the weight, I presume. That. Yeah, because the car is like lighter, and some cars would even start with a half tank, like a half full tank, mm-hmm. because the car's lighter and they get better laps. And then when they replace the tires, they would also fill the car with fuel. And then one year, the like the F one governing body just went, no, you're not allowed. To, you have to have a fuel t- a full tank at the start because it's you no, know, it's there's too much differentiation in weight. Mm-hmm. And then I remember watching it with my mate, and he told me about it. He said, so what does that mean? He went, just watch. And then like half an hour later, just cars started stopping. <laughs> <laughs> just because they had no fuel but they still had to drive because they wanted to get like, you know a decent lap time mm. at the very least but they just oh. <laughs> it's like why would they do that well, these cars cost millions of pounds and they couldn't make the change of putting a bigger fuel tank on it because obviously everything is built um, to like, the most minute um, specifications possible yeah and I just found that really yeah. funny that just one year it's like fuck it you're not, you can't refuel between um, laps anymore and just cars are stopping that's amazing middle of race I still can't Really wrap my head around the fact that until recently, F1 was just paid to win. Oh, basically, yeah. Like, there was no limit of the amount of, like, money you could spend on, like, the, the tech and the car and stuff. And it's like, oh, so whatever team has the most money wins then. Yeah, that's why you'd see, like, the previous ranks, like, Ferrari won everything. Yeah, and so then put the most like, money into yeah, it. Yeah, Red Bull for a long time. Like, whoever put the most money into the car just wins. Because, yeah, eventually, just it will just fly. 
around those corners, just carried <laughs> by nothing but the hopes and dreams of all the investors. Well, that's that's the hope, isn't it, Carl? That one day we get to F zero, and the the cars if they are put, just if they floating. Put enough, if they did, have you ever seen that thing though, where it, Formula One cars are so aerodynamic and so like machine perfected in their purpose of driving really fast and sticking the car to the road, it is theoretically possible for those cars to drive upside down. Because the like, uh, the amount of downforce that they They provide. generate at max speed is enough for them, to, and they're so light that they could drive upside down, <laughs> but they'd have to be at max speed when they did it, which means that it is theoretically possible to build loop-the-loops on Formula 1 tracks. <laughs> if... We ever get drivers who are hardcore enough to pull it off? Oh fucking hell! Because they generate so much downforce that they could drive upside down at max speed, which means we could get Formula One tracks in the future that go upside down. Like, just do what F Zero did of every now and then. Just add like a perfectly cylindrical tunnel, and you just dip into the tunnel. We, it could work. Can you imagine the crashes though, Carl? That's that's the one though. It could like on paper, on paper it's yeah. feasible. And if we ever got to a point where, like, Joe, when they were doing uh, virtual races, like, during lockdown, they had, like, no, they had Formula One drivers driving on virtual tracks in virtual rigs, Mm -hmm. and they've got no self-driving cars and stuff like that, and, you know, robot cars. We could theoretically have a future where we could have driverless cars, you know, with some professional driver in a seat somewhere um, mm. by the side yeah. driving like and in that situation you could start putting dangerous shit like that in <laughs> and that's why I want like self-driving technology to get better because I selfishly want us to have destruction derby I, I just want CF0 to happen yeah I want like I selfishly want all racing to be me when I'm playing um, uh, racing games which is just crashing into person in first place so if you can tell me that we can get to a point where we can do an F0 style 99 person death race Yes. And like, there's nobody actually dying, just the cars floating above a giant city and hurling into buildings and exploding, apparently. So that's what happens in FCRX. Would you think, you know, battle bots mm. and robot wars? Mm-hmm. Imagine that, but they're racing around a track. <laughs> yeah. And I think they even have that. They have like remote control car races. Now, just make the cars full size. And hover. If you want to. I want to. If do. you go fast enough. I want to, Carl. And then just start putting shit on the tracks. <laughs> yeah. Just start putting ramps and shit. Give people boost power. So that's the way. Do you know, like, when like, horse racing, they have like the steeples for the horses to jump over? <laughs> Why don't we have that for cars? Oh, God. Just have the ramps. Like, do you know, motor storm. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got shortcuts, but the shortcuts are really dangerous. Yeah. Them. Because if, if there's no one in the car, the only risk is to, like, you know, the bottom line of whatever company bought the car. And that's still one that gets me of like the, uh, the video game split second. Where they made the the premise of the game was like it's a TV show where they all race and they've built up like destructible environments and traps in the environment for you to trigger, so people at home get so, and, and it's about so entertaining people, the audience, isn't it? Yeah, so it's like a really fast paced race in all these supercars, but at the same time you can like press a button to demolish a building to like fall onto your opponents and then change the track. And it's all like, oh, because it's a TV show, it's all paid for, and we've set it all up that way. God. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pay per view. It's like, uh, oh, God, what was I going to say now? There was a, an idea a couple of years back where, like, Detroit, because Detroit's just really, really run down 
Like, I think it's like it went bankrupt famously a few years ago. I think, like, um, yeah, a lot it was, of just the trade disappeared from the city, didn't it? It was cheaper to buy like an entire city block in Detroit than it was to buy a house in some other cities and states. And there were legitimately plans from some companies to buy an entire city block and turn it into a paintball arena. Oh my god. Because you, know, you always have like paintball, it's like you got to drive to the middle of fucking woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got to run around the woods. Like, well, we can buy an entire city block in Detroit and then you can just go for a paintball fight there. That'd be awesome. Like, you could. Could, could, that sounds incredible. Yeah. And then oh, they were thinking like doing like zombie experience. Do you know when zombie experiences were a thing? Mm. And people always say, like, I want. In the general, like, you run through like an abandoned mall and it's really boring. It's like, no, you've got an entire city. An entire city to have like an all day paintball fight against zombies <laughs> and paid actors. And that'd be incredible. But like, no, those ideas never went anywhere because like, it was prohibitive, prohibitively expensive. Mm-hmm. And I feel they would have just been like, you know, the just the equivalent of escape rooms where people do it once and then never again. Well, Carl, I'll tell you that that's not true because I've been to many escape rooms and like, I think. It's just one of those, like, I did it once, but I did it once with, like, eight different groups of people. <laughs> oh, and then okay. I also got taken to one for, like, a you know, a work day out and stuff like that. So they came out of nowhere, got really, really popular, and I never once saw the appeal. They're, they're quite fun. Like, um, it's essentially, you know, similar thing of, like, playing a puzzle game. But for me, it's because I never saw an escape room place that didn't look shady as fuck. Oh, right. They always seem to come out of nowhere and be, like, really shady. And I just found myself thinking, like, this popped up too fast to be good. Mm. I don't reckon there's, like, enough effort being put into whatever's inside to justify, like, 30 quid. Yeah, yeah. The last thing is, um, I think a lot of those are just quick. This trend is happening let cash the fucking let's do this as minimal effort as quickly as possible the minimum effort um uh, escape room mm-hmm. and i like i've been to ones that are very like high effort as well and they're really fun like ones where like oh you you have a room and then like you open up a secret back door that goes into like a giant bank vault and stuff like that. and that that kind of stuff like when they do it really well is really cool and I can see it being fun, but I just like for me living in like a city where there's like there's multiple places in Sheffield with escape rooms, and they all look shady mm. as balls. They all look like the kind of place like, I just don't want to go. <laughs> and they're always like nice like discount shops and stuff like that. And it's like I remember when this was like a cash converters. Yeah, yeah. How much can you have really turned this? How much you converted this cash converters <laughs> to make it into an escape room? I don't think I want to have a Harry Potter escape room experience in a like bombed out cash converter. Oh, God. That you've turned into an escape room over the course of like three weeks. Well, at least they made it a place you want to escape from, Carl. That's the one. <laughs> like, all they need to do is just put put you in an empty shop and lock the door. To be fair, though, like the idea of being trapped in a shopping mall. Always one of my dreams. Yeah, I'd, I'd love that. Just you have like you know you get locked in, but you have unlimited access to all the shops. Now, one of my dreams, and um, I've. I, I don't think I'll ever get to realise, but it's always in my head, is to ride a bike through a mall. Okay. There's just something about, like, Joe, just how big and open and clean everything is. I just like the idea of just riding a bicycle through a mall. Like an empty mall, I presume you mean. Just an empty mall, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, it's real easy around. to ride a bike through a mall, Carl. It is, but, you know, it's, it's But dangerous. there's also going to be 
or like fucking thousands of other people anyway. Yeah, I've just always wanted to do that. It's one of those life experiences that I've just wanted to do. And I don't know why. It just it's an idea that seems soothing and calming to me. It's like, would it be worth it if you had to fight off like fifty three thousand eight hundred and ninety seven zombies or whatever is in Dead Rising? Yeah. Well that's where it comes from. It comes from the original Dawn of the Dead, where they just have like um a, a montage of all the stuff they're doing. Mm-hmm. And one of them is just a guy riding around the mall on a bicycle. Yeah. And I've always just thought it looked really, really fun. And I've always <laughs> wanted to do it. And it's one of those things that I, one day I will. One day I'm just gonna, I'm gonna know the right person or I'm gonna say it in a video and someone's like, well, I'm a security guy <laughs> at a mall. If you give me under a quid, I'll let you in. So I'm gonna, that's why I mention it every now and then. If you get the chance, Carl, like, don't forget to bring me along, please. Just in case there's someone out there who has access to that resource and wants me to join. So if anyone is um, in a position to do that, yeah, like, help us out, people. I will join in. <laughs> I will do that. I will come. That'd be awesome. You have to. I also need someone to borrow me a bike because I don't have one. I need to remember how to learn to like. I, I need to remember how to ride a bike. Can you not ride a bike? I I learned to ride a bike when I was younger, and I forgot how to ride a bike. Well, this is what we need to test because apparently you never you never. I forgot how to, how to ride a bike. bike. I can attest to that. So we need to film Lucas because riding a bike. I remember when I was in high school and like the first time i went on a first date with a girl i she was like oh we can just go for a bike ride like you can borrow my dad's bike or whatever i was like uh yeah sure like do, do you know how to ride a bike i was like well the see you don't forget so i'll be all right hopped on a bike fell off nearly broke my ankle uh and was like right this is embarrassing <laughs> that did happen to me with swimming though like you forgot how to swim I did forget how to swim, but I forgot um, uh, how to kick my legs. Okay. <laughs> do, do you know, like, the, uh, the the cadence? Right, of, yeah. Like, when you um, do front crawl, you have to, like, kick opposite. Mm. It's, like, like, it's like patting your head and rubbing your belly sort of thing. Just that, I couldn't figure it out, so I just kicked at the same time as I splashed. So I went in a flailed. circle for about five... So I went in a circle for, like, five minutes. Oh, God. Yeah. And that's the way it did. I mean, it's not about a mall being bike accessible. It's about the fact that it's an empty mall as well. Yeah. It's the experience. It's just one of those things. It's very surreal. Mm -hmm. It's like everyone has those like weird things they want to do. I think a lot of people would agree that, that, like, you know, there's a lot of TV show kind of like things that I think there's a Simpsons episode where, like, Bart and a millhouse get trapped in a mall mall, and they go to like. It's not even about going into the mall. It's just this the surface of the mall floor. I just feel it'd be very satisfying. Have you ever had that moment where you're trying to bike out in Toys R Us? Uh, probably like when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. but you never get to go very fast. That's what I want. And it's just one of those things of like, uh, part of me would love to do that. I'd go to a Toys R Us and dick about on the bikes, but then. Being an adult and being a considerate person, I'm like, oh, you just cause so much force for the employees, and like, it's not worth yeah. it. It's like, do you ever have the urge sometimes, like, just to run really fast? Every now and then, yeah. Do you ever get that? Yeah, and it's like you don't want to do it you're in the middle of town. But like sometimes when I'm in the middle of town, I, think, I want to just run really fast through town mm. just to see how fast I'll jump. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes when I see a water, I want to climb up that see if I can, <laughs> and I don't because I'm not generally dressed for doing it. And it you know, it's a Something that I'd probably be like... And the amount of yeah. shame you'd feel like if you failed getting up the wall and there's just 10 people yeah. around you just looking at you. You watch me try and climb. Sometimes I just want to climb a tree. Mm. Like, you know, run real fast. But we can't do that. But Lucas, speaking of, um, uh, like, you know, just being shamed into stopping. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's stop the podcast now because I know you've got other stuff to do. I do, yes. 
So, Lucas, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, I'll, you know, just, I guess, talk through the normal plug that I talk about. But, yeah, um, so you can, you know, don't forget, you can send questions to us for, like, the question podcast that we do every yes. now and then, the extra bonus episodes that we do. You can send... When are we doing one of those next? I don't know. But we, have, we, we haven't, we haven't we had have much of um, a wave of emails come in, apart from when, like, the last episode went live and people remember, because... and we do forget to plug it sometimes. So, yeah... I just like we did last week. Send questions to um, Carl's Corner QA at gmail.com. If you're like on the um, podcast version of this, then you can find it in the link like in the yeah, description. So Carl's K K A R L Corner C O R N E R. It's Carl's Q A. Carl's Corner. Okay, so K A R L S c-o-r-n-e-r-q-a at gmail.com dot com yes uh, so those are for the like yeah um, that's why I don't know the phonetic alphabet too well uh, the Q&A podcast at the moment the two episodes that have gone live will be on podcast services uh, because we're on all of them now don't we still get that now we announce the podcast it's like is it on this yet it's like yes, yes. but no one listens to it but still, people still complain people that still complain us that it's not on Apple Podcasts now that it is on Apple Podcasts and nobody listens to it yeah, which means they didn't bother to search for yeah. it. So they didn't do their research before <laughs> criticizing. Um, Truly an error of the so internet. So one day when, like, you know, we get contacted back by things like Spotify and Apple Podcasts about, like, potentially um, having, like, subscribers and stuff because they don't allow it for everyone, um, then we'll yeah, be putting just it... Just to show only people who are already rich. ...on, like, the, subscri- the subscription stuff as, like, bonus episodes. But for now, it's just already on there free. And, um, and everyone can listen to yeah, it. Yeah, and in terms of like plugging my own stuff, like you can come watch me stream on, you know, twitch.tv slash Ledger to Canto. Just do the podcast and then some gaming stuff like Monday, Wednesday, Friday night. Um, and then I'm on YouTube at Legend of Canto as well. And I'm actually sorting out, I think for like maybe like next week, I'm going to do like a charity stream. Um, okay. So it's for Save the Children. I just saw it pop up and was like, I might as well try. And um, what I think I'm going to do, current plan, that's like the idea, um, is to do like Pokemon Snap stream. Like, I'll be chill. But if somebody donates, they can challenge me to a Pokemon battle on Sword and Shield. Okay. And what's the date you're doing now? I think that? I'm going to be doing it, uh, let me have a look now, Thursday, the 12th of August. So it'll Thursday, be like. Thursday, 12th of August. A week from when people listen to the podcast, and then I'll, I'll probably like it just confirm all the details next podcast as well. Okay, uh, you not mentioned that to me yet, so I'm curious. Am I like? Oh yeah, yeah, that, I, that was literally just something I haven't had time to speak to you about. You are invited. Oh okay, yeah, because like speak, speaking of not speaking to each other, like aren't we? Like, you might be potentially coming to Sheffield next week to record in person. That's true. Potentially for the first time, or I might be going through to Liverpool. Yeah, uh, based on present circumstances, mm-hmm. just like figuring stuff out and stuff. So um, yeah, we so will keep an eye out for be that. meeting in person. And there may even be a, a Breath of the Wild return soon. Yeah. Well, there will so we be soon, that out. but maybe next week. Yeah, we need to figure out when we're doing that and how we're going to do it because we have a lot of stuff planned, but it's only going to be like, you no, know, two days realistically. You can't take too long away from home. Mm-hmm. Or potentially it'd be like, I come visit you. Maybe like, yeah, else, we but... might be able to like squeak in a couple of nights instead or something. We'll figure it out. Yeah, or I come back through to Liverpool with you for like the Wednesday or something. We get stuff done then. Mm, yeah, so we'll, we'll figure. Well, there will be like presume, potentially the first time in eighteen months almost 
Um, to stream in person. Yeah, something along those lines. Because it was like early March in 2020, the last time we got to see each other in person. Was it? Fucking hell. So that's, yeah, it's um, closing in on like nearly like, what, 15, 16 months? I can't do maths. Uh, What, 12 months plus, and what month are we on? Eight. Uh, So, yeah. 17. 17, there we go, maths. I forgot what month, like, March was for a second. I was like, is it three? Yeah. Story. So for the first time in 17 months, we'll be able to like um, uh, do some stuff again. Presumably, we'll do a Smash stream, mm-hmm. and we'll do a big announcement on the channel. We're going to start doing some like no more content for the main Fact Fiend channel, just some little silly thing. People might have seen like, a short went up the other day. We're going to start doing like Q&A episodes, just like brief like 20-second clips of people asking us questions, it's specifically in regards to the channel. Um, we're going to have like, a bunch of stuff then. It's like slowly bringing everything back. And then yeah. if I go through to yours, there'll be similar stuff like we stream put from yours. Yeah, exactly. And that's something I actually want, I want to mention, but I forgot. And I'm not sure if we could, like, if we talk about it after this, but it's like, how are we going to get both of our streams on the same stream if we're in the same location? Because we've basically spent nearly two years now building, building up two up separate channels. Yeah. <laughs> where we stream most of the time on the same day together. But how do we both do that if we're both in the same location? Um, Maybe it might just have to be a case of like one, one night, it's your channel, one night is my channel kind of thing. Uh, just do so like a back you, and forth you... and share our audiences. So I was going to ask, like, do you have a laptop that can stream? Uh, no. Oh. I do have a spare PC, because that's the thing. Because there's two PCs in my house, because mm. my girlfriend's PC and my PC. So theoretically, we could have like two streams running on that. We'd have to move everything around. Well, I'll tell you what, Carl. So we can ha- have this conversation off the stream. Off camera. Yeah. So that's what I mean. But like, we need to figure that out, because I... One of the ideas I've had is like to have a second webcam set up with your stream on mm-hmm. it. Where it is, you that's the behind the scenes stream. Yeah, yeah. So like, if you want to see it from a different angle, so like there's one stream that has the, the camera on it constantly, and the other one has the gameplay. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I, I that's something that we'd not have to really we've not had to think about for like what two years. No, really. we haven't. But we've spent all this time building up our own brands, and it's a bit which is moves like say at one. Yeah, it's been great for while we've been in lockdown, but it's difficult to then figure out when. Yeah. So bear with us. We're all, we just we're just figuring it back out. Just switch streams between each game of Smash. <laughs> just, just every time go. Okay, now go to Luke's stream. <laughs> and I'll raise your stream, and you raid my back, and we keep doing that. Oh my god! Just pass it back. And we forward. need to figure some out. We will yeah, figure some. Look forward. To, look out for that next week. Hell yeah! Cheers, everyone.